Are you stuck in a cycle of addiction, pain, or destruction? If you are and can't seem to find your way out, today's session will be a game changer for you. In today's clip from our Recovery Secrets Daily Coaching Program, you'll hear Brad and me talk about the addiction cycle and the two journeys that are essential to take action on in order to overcome any bad habit, negative behavior, or addiction. If you like today's content, you can try Recovery Secrets Daily Coaching and get coached by Brad and myself free for seven days by going to overcomingptsd.com slash free trial. And when you sign up, you'll not only be able to ask us questions live every day, but you'll also get over $3,000 worth of amazing bonus programs that you get to keep for life just for signing up. All right, we are live here. Welcome everyone to our Recovery Secrets Daily Coaching Session. It is so good to be here with each and every one of you on this lovely Thursday morning. If you're going to be joining us live, feel free to say hey in the chat box there so that we can welcome you as we go along and we'll give everything a minute to get rocking and rolling and get started. And feel free to, of course, engage as the more you engage, the more you get out of these sessions as a whole. So engage as much as you want, as much as you can. We love to have that engagement it's going to bring more to you. It's going to bring more to the community as a whole, and it's going to bring more to the lesson. So this lovely man to my right. Good morning, everybody. My name is Brad. If you are new, welcome. Great to have you this morning. Uh, Thursdays are kind of for some next level topics, addictions, relationships. So today we're talking about the addiction cycle. So how the addiction, how addictions start, how they perpetuate, how you, how you get stuck inside of them, and then also how to reverse it, how to break yourself out of that cycle. And the first step to breaking out of it is just becoming aware of the cycle, the different steps in it. So you can see yourself and become aware of the actions that you're already taking unconsciously, because that's usually how it starts is you're in the cycle, but you don't know you're in the cycle. So we're going to shed some light on that today and also help you start to break out of that. This is one of my very favorite topics. <laughs> if you couldn't guess. Shocker. Shocker, right? It is one of my very favorite topics. It's a high impact topic. And one of the reasons I love recovery secrets is that we get to cycle through the topics. Typically when we teach just the recovery journey as a whole, we'll teach it in a more linear manner, which means something like this doesn't come until after a lot of other work is done. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see how it can be something that can be done early. And there's an element to something that needs to be done quite a bit later on the recovery journey as well. But I love that we have the opportunity to at least begin on this journey together. For those of you who are working with an addiction currently or haven't started working with an addiction or working towards sobriety, or maybe have some just bad habits that you want to kind of work on. This is great content for all of that. And you're going to see, I'm going to talk about two journeys today. You're going to see how they all fit into the recovery journey as a whole, and then just life as a whole. So, and I love this because it's, it's very high impact. Uh, addictions are very high impact negatively. Sobriety is very mm -hmm. high impact positively, which is super, super cool. So good morning, Teresa, Bonnie, Jeanette, Larry, Lena. Great to have you here with us. Like I said, if you're going to be here, feel free to engage as much as you want, as much as you can. You're going to get more out of it when you engage. The community is going to get better when we engage. And we love to see you engage because we love to engage with you. So if you're here with us live, there is no pressure, but we would love to hear from you just so we can give you a little good morning and engage throughout the session here today. So the first step, and like Brad said, what's really cool about this, I need to slow down. I need, I need to slow down. I'm off to the races here. I'm very excited about this topic. One of the really cool things about this topic is that the awareness alone is going to help you make significant strides in this journey. 
this is a journey that it requires awareness. It requires understanding these things that are going on. It's going to require, we're going to talk about self-talk today. There's a lot of elements of things we've already covered or we'll cover in the future in recovery secrets that are going to come into play with this topic. But the awareness alone can really help you understand where you are now, why you are right now, and then subsequently how we can break out, how we can move forward and what kind of next steps to take. So good morning, Pat. Good morning, Delane. Good morning, Sunny. Teresa sharing 13 days sober from shopping. That's awesome, Teresa. Awesome, That's John. a huge win. You're in double that digits. Is huge. I remember getting to double digits and I was like, this has been the longest 10 days of my life. How could I not be at double digits already? So big kudos on that. Keep up the amazing work. So what we're going to do first is we're going to kind of lay out what the addiction cycle is. Now, there's a lot of different ways that we can visualize or portray this cycle specifically. So I'm going to break it down as simply as I feel like is necessary without oversimplifying, but of course, without overcomplicating as well. So let me know in the chat box there, just one element, if you already know it, one element of the addiction cycle, and we'll build off of that. Good morning, Joe. Great to have you here. So let me know what's one element of the addiction cycle. And then we're going to build from there. If you couldn't tell, Brad and I love cycles. We love graphs. We love diagrams. We love steps. We love to simplify because it makes it actionable. <laughs> so let me know there. What's one element of the addiction cycle? I'll give you a hint. What we're... We're going to work off four different elements. Like I said, there's a lot of different ways that we can break this down. We're going to work off four different elements. So Pat, I love what you're saying there. Urge, denial. These are all really good starts for this, right? And so urge, we can, we can break this down into a lot of pieces. Pain for sure is going to be one, right? And so I'm going to put pain at the top. Pain. Now, what do I mean by pain? Could this be physical pain? Yes. Could this be emotional pain? Yes. Could this be relationship pain? Yes. Spiritual pain? Yes. It could be any sort of pain that you feel, pain. Now pain, again, to keep this simple, is going to drive us or is going to attempt to drive us to what? To what? Brad? Pain is going to drive us to what? To use the to use. addictive substance, right? whatever so that is. Whatever your addictive behavior, substance, whatever it is, pain is going to drive you to use. So right here, mm -hmm. I'm just going to put addictive behavior. So pain is going to drive you to use a substance or some sort of, or, or do some sort of addictive behavior after the addictive behavior. Again, we're keeping this cycle fairly simple. After this addictive behavior, we're going to call this part fallout. Okay. And so this is where you're going to feel basically ad additional pain, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to feel shame, maybe guilt, but we're going to call it the fallout of that behavior. Okay. And then from there, that fallout is typically going to do something. And again, there's a lot of different ways that we can portray this cycle, but that fallout is 
going to do something to us. Any guesses as to what that fallout is going to do to us? Basically how it's going to make us feel. And this, you can start at any point in this cycle. That's the cool thing and the, and the bad thing about cycles. You don't have to start up here with pain, right? You could be using the addictive behavior and then go to the fallout. You can have the fallout and then go to this next part here. And so this next part here, we're going to define as trigger. And the trigger causes pain. So again, it's a one of many ways that we can kind of define the elements of what go into actually this part, which is using the substance or doing the addictive behavior. We have some sort of trigger that causes us pain. The pain causes us to use or encourages us to use. That causes some sort of fallout, which can be clumped into trigger and pain, right? That might trigger us basically again, it might make us feel shame, which triggers us, which makes us feel more pain. So you can see this cycle actually goes very, very quickly. We could break this down into, into basically two elements, which is pain, addictive behavior. That causes us pain, addictive behavior. That causes us pain, addictive behavior. Okay, so again, we can, we can portray this in a lot of different ways there. So those are the four elements that we're gonna work off today in regard to the addiction cycle. Make sense so far? Nice. Let me, let me check the comments here. I love it. I love it. So I love these, right? So awareness, Jeanette, we're going to talk about that. Not necessarily part of the cycle, right? Because part of the cycle now you, you can be aware, but a lot of times what's going to happen is you're actually going to be unaware during that cycle, right? Or that awareness sometimes can enhance the fallout, right? So you're aware that you're in pain and you're using this this behavior and that makes you feel guilty or that makes you feel ashamed, right? And so we want to basically apply awareness and different mindset tactics to the right area of this. Awesome. Sunny saying obsession. Teresa saying stress, right? Different way to say pain or trigger. Love it. Regret. We're going to lump that under fallout. Awesome, right? You get rid of the pain, whether it's medicated or again, some, it can be anything. And now let me backtrack just a second. When we say addiction, Brad, do you want to just like define what could be an addiction for us? Well, it's any substance that you use to run away from the pain instead of actually dealing with the pain. All right. In simple terms, any negative substance, Anything. any substance that you do not want to be uh, doing or any, any action or substance that you don't want to be doing, but you can't stop yourself from doing. Right. So like, obviously like, exercise could be, you know, a positive coping skill that you might implement instead of the addictive behavior, but it doesn't mean necessarily mean you have an addiction. It's a behavior or substance that you're using to numb the pain that you do not want to use, but you don't know how, you, you can't stop. So you, you use it, but you can't stop. So you're stuck. You feel like you're stuck. Yeah. And, and that is the important thing here. And it's not it like is, you can't stop, but it's, it's, you feel like you can't stop. Right. Yeah. It's something you don't want to be doing that you find yourself doing. That's the important thing. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter if it's in the DSM as an addiction. It doesn't matter if right, right. the internet and people online are going to say that's an addiction or not. It doesn't matter what it is. Shopping, TV, pornography, video games, food, any, anything. It could be absolutely anything. Okay. Spending, right. It could social media. Mm. I mean, internet in general, I just read about this recently like the dawn of the internet, they like, were pretty aware that it could be something addictive. So they kind of defined 
some different areas of internet addiction. This was a, a very long time ago, so they like really missed the mark on how big it was going to get. <laughs> so anything, right? And Bonnie, I love what you're saying here. Uh, a substance or action that you feel powerless to control, right? That you feel like no matter how hard you try, it just slips through your fingers, right? You don't want to do that thing. That's an important element here. You don't want to do that thing. If you want to go and use drugs and alcohol, that's fine, right? There's no judgment on that. Plenty of people recreationally, you know, not do alcohol, whatever, drink alcohol or do some sort of, whether it's, I mean, it could be Advil, right? We could consider that a drug coffee. We are recreational by that term, drug users. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> and it's now, this is something I want to do. It's not something I don't want to do. Right. So this is an addiction for me. So it's really important that you have your own definition here. And I always like to bring that up when we have any sort of conversation about addiction because it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what Brad thinks. It doesn't matter what your neighbor thinks, your parents think, your spouse thinks. If it's, if you have some sort of sense semblance in your, in your gut, in your feelings or in your head, that this is something I don't want to do that I'm doing, label it as an addiction, take it seriously. Because if it's something you don't want to be doing and you find yourself doing it anyway, it's likely causing a lot of pain in your life. Okay, this fallout can be tremendous, tremendous, especially the longer this cycle goes on. I want you to think about that cycle is like a screw and a piece of wood, right? And so the, the more you go through that cycle, the deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper that screw gets. Okay, so what happens then? It's, it's going to be really deep in that root. It's going to uh, affect a lot of different things, right? And so maybe initially your addictive behavior only affects you. And then it starts to affect your job. Now, this is whether you even realize it or not a lot of times, right? The ripple effect. This is important. It's going to affect your job. It's going to affect your relationship. It's going to affect your mental health. It's going to affect your clarity. It's going to affect your brain. It doesn't matter what your thing is. If you're doing something you don't want to be doing, it is a, basically everything is affecting your brain. It is going to affect your brain. TV, social media, again, drugs, alcohol, any sort of substance any sort of thing, it's giving us a dopamine hit, right? And I'm not going to go into that part of the conversation. It's affecting your brain. If it's affecting your brain, it's affecting what? Let me know in the chat box there. If it's affecting your brain, it's affecting what? Let me know. I'm looking for something specific, but if it's <laughs> affecting your brain, it's affecting what? I don't even know it, so. Let's see. Well, you can guess too. I would say everything. Is that you're going That's for? the word I'm looking oh. for. If it's <laughs> affecting your brain, it's affecting everything. It's going to affect your sleep, whether you realize it or not. It's going to affect your self-esteem, whether you realize it or not. I, I love these. Okay. Jeanette, Teresa, my life, my lifestyle. It is going to affect every single thing. Your health. Love it, Mimi. Your thoughts. It's going to affect your physical health, your mental health. It's going to affect Everything. Everything. And we're trying to do a lot of work with our brain. We're trying to set our brain up for success to, in a lot of cases, what would be considered do the impossible. We're trying to process past trauma. We're trying to do the impossible. Now it's not impossible, but we're trying to set your brain up for success. And behaviors like these are going to be doing damage to that. It's, it's going to be like, we're, we're trying to take five steps forward and it's going to bring us three steps back. doesn't mean it's impossible. doesn't mean we're not going to make progress. But I want you to think about all the things that we do for our brain, all the ways that we are working to take care of ourselves, right? And I want you to consider that something like this, the fallout of this, let's go into this real quick. What could the fallout of 
an addictive behavior be? Now, we already listed a couple things. It could be your family, your relationship, shame, anxiety, disappointment in yourself, fear, worthlessness. I want you to look at how high stake these things are. Worthlessness, how high stakes is feeling worthless. That's about as high stakes as it gets. It's about as high stakes as it gets, right? So you do this addictive behavior, you feel worthless. No wonder you use. No wonder, that's an incredible amount of pain, right? And so we're gonna talk about how to break out of it, don't worry, right? But it could be hatred to yourself, to others, to the world, sadness, anger, could be other addictive behaviors. You know, maybe it's food and then it goes into television, right? And then it goes into social media and then it goes into alcohol, right? Or maybe alcohol leads into drugs or alcohol leads into social media and television. Okay, they, they all kind of come together. It could be physical harm, right? Now we're already doing harm to our brain. Anything that you use to excess really is gonna do harm to your brain. I mean, everything's affecting your brain anyway, right? Same with meditation. If you meditate, the fallout is going to be your brain's going to grow. You're going to have more focus, more clarity. You're going to sleep better, right? It's affecting our brain. This could be emotional harm to yourself or others. Again, physical harm to yourself or others. For those of you maybe who are more of substance users, maybe you cause yourself physical harm or, you, or cause others physical harm or physical harm to your objects. Okay, I know there are plenty of objects <laughs> that I caused a lot of physical harm to. And they cause a lot of physical harm to you. <laughs> yeah, and they cause a lot of physical harm to me. And then it could be financial, again, without even realizing it. If you feel worthless, if your self-esteem is impacted, are you going to perform your best at work? Are you going to be up for the promotion? Are you going to get a raise? Are you going to get the dream job? Are you going to work towards those things? Are you going to feel like those are worthy goals? You don't even think you are worthy, right? So it's going to affect your financial life. So it's going to affect your job. Again, there are all of these things are at stake here. They really are all at stake here. So now I want to talk about, right, because I don't want us to, okay, that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> I don't want us to leave feeling like, wow, okay, there's so much at stake, but what do I do about it, right? So everything is at stake. If your brain is at stake, everything in your life is at stake. And this is an important thing to address. And again, this is one of the reasons I'm, I really, really enjoy the way that Recovery Secrets is set up is we have the opportunity each week or every couple of weeks to talk about something like this that is so, so, so important. But again, typically gets put off till later in the journey just because there's so much to do. So any ideas, let me know in the chat box there. Any ideas where I'm going to recommend actually breaking out of this cycle. There's a specific point. There's a specific point where I'm going to recommend actually breaking out of the cycle. And this is where we're going to talk about the two journeys of addiction. And if you heard me talk about addiction before, you've definitely heard about this before. But where do we think? I'm going to recommend breaking out of this cycle. So here we are in the cycle. Where the heck are we breaking out? I'll give you a hint. The way actually that I drew it is a hint because the way that I draw all my cycles, I draw <laughs> the thing that the way we're going to break out, the way we're going to change in a specific area. So where do we think in this cycle? Let me know that we're going to break out. I know Brad knows. I'm not going to ask you this. <laughs> you can't have all the fun today. 
Okay, so we have two really good answers, and we're going to actually start smack in the middle. So Barbara's saying addictive behavior. Bonnie's saying trigger. <laughs> Pat's saying at the start. Awesome. I love it. We're going to start at pain. At pain. Right now, pain is, if you've heard other conversations we've talked about, we've talked about darts that life can throw at you. Life is going to throw darts at you. This is really important. Pain will always exist at some level. That doesn't mean you'll always be triggered. It doesn't mean you'll always have PTSD. Pain is always going to exist at some level. So we need to understand basically how to break this cycle from this point because we can't avoid pain. As we heal, we're going to eliminate triggers, but we cannot avoid pain. Okay, that's really super important. We are not ever going to be able to completely avoid pain, even if we you know, live on a hundred acre lot somewhere and live by ourselves, pain is inevitable. And again, I'm not saying you're going to have PTSD forever. It's not all traumatic pain, but life is going to throw you first starts and it is going to throw you pain. So there are two basic things, or rather here are the two journeys. There are two journeys when it comes to breaking the addiction cycle. And you'll, you'll understand why it typically comes later in the journey and why also I love having this conversation earlier in the journey. So there's two paths. And again, two basic ways that we can break through this pain. So there is a, what we'll call a short-term path and there's a long-term path. So short-term and long-term. So we are going to take certain actions for both of these journeys. Now, eventually we will need to walk both of these journeys and we are walking, actually we're kind of walking both of these journeys already, but to, I want you to apply this to your addiction right now. So short term, we basically need to do something again to break ourselves out of this cycle. So we feel pain. What do you think we should do short term? Let me know in the chat box there. We feel pain. What should we do short term? What's a good action to take short term? Brad, any, what should we do short term? Coping skills. Okay. Uh, I, okay. Yeah. Healthy coping skills. So healthy. Were you going for like individual things? Yeah. <laughs> like Teresa said meditation. Love it. So let's get some more answers like that. Teresa, I love that. Right. Meditation, Pat, you're on the second journey, but we're going to get there. Okay. Distract. That's definitely a way that we can, we can do this again. This pain won't last forever. That's an important thing to understand as well. Even though it seems like it's going to last forever, the pain that you're in, even if it might last 10 minutes, an hour, two hours, five days, it will not last forever. So in the short term, we need to work on healthy coping skills. Bonnie, you're a rock star. Recovery toolbox tools are a great place to start with this. If you don't have my book, The Art of Trauma Relief, we teach nine amazing tools in there, actually more than that. Visualization, meditation, breathing exercises. What are some other things we can do, right? Meditation, Teresa shared that. What are some other things that we can do? Brad? Exercise. Exercise, great one. Sunny, I love that one. Those are actually personal favorites for me. <laughs> Bubble bath, take a walk. Take a walk. What are some other things that we can do? Go Let's for a drive. Brainstorm right now. Go for a drive. That's awesome. What else can we do? Again, short term. We're we're really 
a win here is to avoid doing this addictive behavior. Okay, avoid doing damage. We're looking on some sort of healthy coping. You're not limited to just the recovery toolbox tools. Although again, those are a great place to start. Teresa sharing, read, that's awesome. Mm. Listen to an audiobook. that's awesome. Do a craft project, that's great. Call a friend, FaceTime someone, get yourself out. You know, work on a, a new project, go to the grocery store. I mean, or, or I mean, if shopping is your thing, that's not a good idea, right? But <laughs> go and interact with people, right? Maybe go to some sort of so service or event in your town. I know we have events, especially in the summer, all the time, right down the road from where we live, right? There's a seafood festival and then there's a jazz festival and then there's all sorts of things going on all the time. Jeanette, I love that. Gratitudes. We can express some gratitudes. The opposite of pain is pleasure. And that's what we're seeking here. With the addictive behavior, we're seeking pleasure. So we want to find other ways to create that pleasure. Something I used to like to do is, I don't think it should be called adult coloring, but whatever, coloring, right? <laughs> and I would listen to an audiobook or sit out. I love sitting out, especially in the fall and the spring, by a fire in the backyard, you know, or going for a walk or exploring or adventuring. There's so many different things you can do or playing a board game, right? There are plenty of board games you can play by yourself. We have some awesome like mystery games that we've played together, which is suit. It's not really a game so much as you solve this mystery. That's awesome. You can read. I mean, if, if you're in sort of some sort of partnership, something I used to do actually as a kid and continue to later in life is I would sit and read out loud to Shiloh, right? So sit and, and read out loud to your pet. There's all sorts of things you can do. How about dance, have a dance party by yourself. Go through maybe one of your closets and, and donate some of your clothes or clean something. There's so, look, I mean, we're, we're just rattling off thing after thing after thing after thing. Again, you're not limited to just breathing and meditation. There's so many different things you can do. Take a shower. I used to do that all the time. A hot shower, I love that. That's awesome for me. That used to work really well because it used to. Part of what we're doing here is we're killing time. We're killing time. This is one of the few times in my life where I was a huge proponent of we're killing time because we're trying to create space between the pain that we feel and when that pain will alleviate. We're also trying to alleviate that pain. And there are plenty of ways to alleviate that pain. The butterfly hug is a great tool to use. Gratitudes, uh, meditation, all the things that you're going to learn in the art of trauma relief, we've covered many of them here, are going to help you alleviate that pain short term, right? And so what we're doing Really what we're doing is we're trying to create space. So we're trying to make that path not exist and create enough space until that pain again alleviates or goes away. That pain will not last, no matter what it is, it will not last forever. And so part of this is going to be a fight. And so a win here is doing anything that isn't basically the addictive behavior or anything that isn't negative. That's a huge win. So that is what we wanna do short-term, short-term. What happens if we just do that short-term? What happens if that's the only journey that we walk here? We just do it short-term, Brad. That's a good question. Do you want me to tell you? I would like you to tell me. The pain will persist, right? Right. It'll keep coming up because you're not dealing with the underlying causes that's causing the pain. Right. So if we just do it short term, it's the same thing with like recovery, everything that we teach. If you, if you just like coping is not healing, right? If we just do it short term, this is what this cycle is going to look like. It's going to look like pain and then some sort of healthy coping 
and then some sort of relief. And that's awesome. And that's going to be the end of the cycle. But what eventually is going to happen is maybe you get triggered or there's some sort of pain. Pain will always be there at some level, which is why this is an important part of the journey to walk. You need to know how to do this, right? Because even after you heal your PTSD and you might not be getting triggered by anything, inevitably in life, there will be some element of pain. So this is a skill, this short-term journey of healthy coping and relief, no matter how long that lasts for, this could be a couple of minutes. This could be a couple of days, really important. A couple of minutes, couple of days where you're, you're just be, and a lot of times you can feel like fighting. You're just fighting that other path. You're just not going down that other path because when it comes to addiction, there's the habitual and then there's a driving factor that is caused by some sort of trauma typically, or some sort of pain. And we want to address both of those things. And so what we're addressing with this short thing, this short term path is we're addressing the habitual because every single time that you feel pain, your brain goes to this thing. Every single time you feel pain, it goes to this thing. It goes to this thing. It goes to this thing. That is just become a habit at this point. So it's really important to know how to, we're going to start to break that habit. It doesn't matter how you're doing it. It matters that we're breaking it. Just like every time you get in the car, you're going to put that seatbelt on. You're probably not even going to notice that you do that. You're not going to notice every time you put jeans on, you're going to button it, zip it. You're not even going to notice that you do that because it is habitual, right? So that's half of the journey. The other half is going to be long-term. What do we think we need to do long-term? What do we need to do long-term? What do we think? Who said it earlier? It was Pat. Mm -hmm. Pat. Nice. So short-term, basically, in, in a summary, is we need to figure out how to deal with it, how to deal with pain in a different way. That's what we're focusing on. We need to figure out how to deal with pain in a different way. Long-term, what we want to do is find the root of that pain. And our ultimate goal with healing is to eliminate all the past pain. Anything in our past that causes us pain in the present, we want to heal that so that there's nothing in our past that can trigger us. Okay, so if we don't get triggered, it's going to eliminate a tremendous amount of pain in our life. And then from there on out, it's just going to be new pain, just normal life pain. But you already know how to deal with that because you know how to deal short term, right? So we need to figure out what the root is. <laughs> so we need to find, identify and heal the root, the root of what's going on. Because if we deal with the root, we're not going to need to do this healthy coping because there's going to be no trigger and there's going to be no PTSD pain. Okay. I know I said pain is inevitable. There's always going to be some sort of pain. There will be no PTSD pain. Okay. So it's important to walk. Let me know if the, you're following me here. Cause I know a lot of this journey has contradictory elements and that it can be hard to grasp both of those things. But let me know if this is, if this is all kind of resonating here, right? So we have triggers and then PTSD pain, and that's a big, 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 big pain, big, 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 big pain. If we can eliminate as much pain as possible, 
you're not going to get triggered into that addiction cycle. Does that make sense? And if and when there is pain, we have a route to follow to deal with that pain. So in the future, that pain might look like a normal loss, a normal loss. Now, if that's a normal loss for us, we don't need to worry about this long-term because our brain is going to naturally process that. What we need to do in that short-term while we're grieving, while we're going through that loss is we need to take this short-term journey. We need to use healthy coping skills. We need to be very kind of alert and aware of the things that we're doing. We need to go on more walks. We need to read more. We need to stay away from any sort of addictive substances because that pain is going to want to drive you towards those things, but it doesn't have to. So what we're doing here is we're, we're dealing with the root cause. We're finding the root cause and eliminating the root cause of this and the root cause of a tremendous amount of pain that we're in. And we're breaking the habit. There are two journeys that we're walking here. So mm-hmm. we're breaking the habit, the literal habit, just like you put your seatbelt on every single time you get in the car, or maybe you, you do your hair a certain way, right? Or you clean your glasses a certain way. We ha- we're habitual creatures. So we're breaking the habit and then we're dealing with the root. And that's the driving pain, the driving force behind all this. Does that make sense? Let me know if that makes sense mm-hmm. in the chat box there. Yeah. And those are both required, right? You can't do one journey right, and expect to heal. And that's what I've, I've, I've thought for a long time was like, you know, if I just heal the root, right? If I just focus on uh, heal the PTSD, then the addiction will go away on its own. I don't have to do any of the hard work of changing the habit because that's hard work in the moment, right? You have to change it and you have to fight it and you have to choose to do something different and rebuild that habit. But if you process it. And this is what, what you've been saying. If you, if you process the root, but you don't, you know, do the short-term habit change, you will still experience pain. And you'll also experience the the fallout, which is pain after doing the addiction. So you're still going to be stuck in the cycle. You will still stay addicted. Right. So either way, I mean, I guess you could, like you were saying the, the, if you just do the healthy coping skills, you're still going to feel a lot of pain. You won't, you might not be addicted, but you're going to be in an immense amount of pain, right? Which will actually lead you to lead it to be, it'll be harder to stay with that habit. And this is what, um, who said it, Teresa, it'll be easier to fall back into it. Right. Right. Um, because there will still be that massive amount of pain and it'll, it'll take a lot more willpower to stay on that track. It doesn't mean it's impossible to stay on track, but it'll be harder to stay on that track because you're still going to be in a lot of pain. You'll be in a much more vulnerable position to go back and fall back into that because the underlying pain is there. So you, both roads are required. Like you need to, you need to change the habit, um, to the health, healthy coping skill and you need to process it. And that is the, really the surefire way to, to, to break out of the cycle and beat your addiction. Overall, obviously there's mindset stuff and other things that go along with it to help you along that journey and tools and things like that. But that's like the overall roadmap of it, right? Yeah. Which is, it's it's really interesting. It really is. And it doesn't mean that if you just take this short-term path, and honestly, this is, uh, there are a lot of things that I feel like AA does really, really well. And then there are some things that I, I feel like they don't do well. And one of the things I feel like they're missing in their framework is this second piece. Mm is the long-term is healing the root, right? Because the short-term it's true. It's a, it's a great journey. It's an amazing journey. You need to know, you need to have that skill. You need to have that skill. That's essential. And that's going to be the fight. And when we're talking about changing a habit like this, something that is for lack of a better term, infected your brain, 
in a big way, it's going to take a lot of effort. It is going to take a lot of effort. And that effort, as time goes on, will decrease. So if you've ever heard about 90 days during the recovery journey, you're looking at the most effort typically in those 90, 120 days, those first 90, 120 days. From there, it does get easier because you build a tremendous amount of momentum and you start to actually, well, you've, you've started to actually break that habit in your mind. And so when you feel pain, your brain is going to naturally have other options for you. It's not going to be as mm -hmm. difficult. But if you don't deal with the root, in my opinion, you are not truly overcoming the addiction. You are fighting it day by day at different levels, at variable levels, which it doesn't mean you're, it doesn't mean you're guaranteed to relapse, right? It, but in my opinion, it makes it much more likely because there's mm -hmm. just so much pain that's still underlying there, right? And that's why AA talks about a day-by-day -day process, a step-by-step. -step. It's one day at a time. And that's an amazing framework. And I, I give a big hats off to everyone who's gone through that framework and continue to stay sober, even with their long-term yeah. pain unresolved and unhealed, because that's an amazing, tremendous accomplishment. It's a beautiful accomplishment. Again, so it doesn't make it impossible if you don't find and heal the root. We just are looking for a different kind of change. And we know a different kind of change is possible till you get to the point in your life where this is a non-issue. It is not one day at a time. It is a non-issue. Just like I'm not into, I'm not into drugs. Right. So if I see drugs mm -hmm. on the counter, that's a non-issue for me. If I see one of my big things was TV, alcohol, right? So if I'm around mostly TV, social media, if I'm around others watching TV, it's a non-issue for me. Mm -hmm. I have no problem saying no to that. I have no problem with boundaries in that area. I have no problem shutting a television off. I've, it just, it's a non-issue. There's no pull. There's no urge. We could go to the movies and leave halfway through the movie, right? And there's all little nuances that kind of go into that. Mm -hmm which we're not going to get into kind of in this conversation here today. But again, it, it's possible to get and stay sober with just this short term, but we want your life to be honestly as easy as possible. We want you to be as healed, mm. as wholesome, as full in your life as possible. And so that includes also getting to the root because that's going to make your life a tremendous amount easier. Mm. And then if and when pain does come up, you already have the skill mm. of the short-term healthy coping. Yeah, it's the same mindset that we, we, we teach with healing PTSD, healing trauma, right? Like you can cope with it for the rest of your life. And mm -hmm. why would you want to? So, I mean, this is a the big realization for me. It's not just one route, you know, cause I, I believe that if I heal the trauma, everything will get better on its own. Right. So sometimes you can just focus on that and then use that as an excuse to stay in the cycle or you focus on the other thing, but then it gets so hard like that. You're like, wow, this is so painful. This is so hard. Why am I even trying this hard? It's not even getting better, right? And that can be like the 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 path that you try that you fall down. So it's the just to sum it up, it's the habit that you're changing and the trauma that you're healing. And you need both of those. Yes, yes. Traumas and potentially also habits. Well, yeah, definitely. Again, these things definitely. are going to be interconnected. They're going to be related to together. each other, and there you might have more than one addiction. It's honestly, it's pretty likely that you have more than one addiction. For me, I lumped television, movies, and media. So I just called it media. 
right? And mm-hmm. so it was any sort of games on my phone, like apps and stuff like that. And then it, any sort of social media mm-hmm. and television and movies, right? And so now those are pretty big areas of life for most people. So there's a more nuanced thing we can go into after we have achieved. And again, there's a tremendous amount of ways that you can define this. And I want you to define it for yourself after you've gotten to the point where you have healed the root and you've broken the habits, then you can decide for yourself if it's something you want to maintain abstinence for going forward, or if there's some integration in your life, right? So for my example, through my sobriety journey, it was really important. Well, it's really important in the first 90, 120, really like a year that there was nothing that meant nothing, no TV, no media, no games, no, no movies, no anything like that, nothing. Right. And then once I got to that point, I evaluated and I said, okay, is this something I want part of my life in any way, shape or form? And if so, how? And then I was able to set boundaries around that. So I have very strict rule. Now it's not tempting, but I still keep these rules. I have very strict rules around those behaviors. So it's still, it's no social media. No. Right. And then it's when we are going to do a movie, it has to be an experience. So we go out to the movies, we go out to dinner, and then we go out to a movie that we've been looking forward to. And it makes it an enhancing, enriching experience rather than a mind numbing experience. It's also really important that there is no pain during that experience or leading up to that experience. It's also important to me that it's not my idea. It's somebody else's idea. It's somebody else's invitation. So these are all things that if you are dealing with some sort of behavior addiction, that maybe it, it is something only to do at some sort of level at some point, or it's related to something that you might need to do later down the road. And this is for later conversations after you get to a certain level. Now that could be a year, two years, five years before you reevaluate. It can be completely up to you. You don't want to do this evaluation at first, typically, but after you get to that point to then have a conversation and kind of figure out what you want it to look like moving forward. If, if it's abstinence, great. And there are a lot of things that you can completely, and most things you can completely do that. And I want you to open that up in your mind. It doesn't matter what it is. You, you can do that. You can build a lifestyle where you can do that. Right. People told me, oh, well, Keelan, you know, you're, what does that mean? You're never going to be on social media again. Like you're, you're never going to like check up on your friends and see how they're doing on social media. I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm never going to do that again. And if I, if I feel the need to, to post something, which I maybe feel the need for once every five years, I'll go on and I'll post something and then I'll go off. Like, you're not going to watch anyone's stories. Like, no, I don't, I'm not going to do that. Cause it, because it doesn't make me feel good because it doesn't enhance my life. It doesn't enrich my life. Okay. So that's to digress quite a bit, but back to this here, we're two journeys, breaking the habit or s- habits and healing the trauma or traumas. Okay. Those are the two things that we're focusing on. And again, there's this short-term learning, this short-term journey of learning healthy coping skills and the long-term journey of finding the root and healing the root. And so when we teach or historically in the past, for those of you in broken to unbreakable, you'll know that addictions is not something that we really address. And it's because really we're focused on this long-term journey and we, without addressing it, kind of tease at this short-term journey because we say, hey, if you're in any sort of pain, any sort of distress, use your coping skills. 
right? In the meantime, we're going to heal the root mm-hmm. and we're going to focus on the root because we're focused yeah. on in that program. We're focused specifically on full healing. Yeah. Well, and, and well, we focus on mindset routines and full healing and all that is, is designed around. So it's like with the goal of PTSD recovery, but you learn so much in there with the mindset and the habits that you're thinking about the bad habits you have. Right. So you're thinking about like, I may, I may watch too much TV and how do I change that? Um, so for a lot of people, they do heal their trauma and many of their addictions along the way, but sometimes there's, there's more, like more addictions that come after that, where a little bit more focus on that specifically can be helpful. So yeah, right. I, have, I have a question. Sure. So we're here, right? We have the two journeys, right? We need to change the habit and we need to heal the trauma. You heal the trauma by using the processing tools that we've taught in recovery secrets. You change the habit by doing healthy coping skills a lot of which are, are taught in the book, or they can be just other things like going for a drive, a walk, meditating, whatever, things like that. What would you recommend for the short term? You have a plan in place. Like, do you, do you make a list of things that you could do and then you just go through them? So when you feel the pain, like, do you like prepare yourself ahead of time? Because with the, with the trauma, you just do processing sessions, right? You, you, it's not like an immediate thing. You don't really have to be like, you have to be prepared, but it's, it's longer term, right? So like, you could just like, okay, tonight at seven o'clock, I'm going to do an hour of processing. There it is. But when you're hit with the habit, it's like you're hit with the pain, right? And you have to make that decision in the moment. How do you prepare for that? Do you have, do you have a list? Do you have like, okay, I'm going to do this. Or do you like, I have these three things and I pick one of them to do it. Or do you pick something that's easy to do or like, but also I feel like you could fall into the, that, the, um, the habit of trying to fix something so easy that you imagine that it's just going to be easy in and of itself, you know? So like, it's going to be an easy decision when it's not going to be an easy decision, regardless of what you pick. Right. Right. Cause you don't want to do it. You want to do this other thing. You have to pull towards that. So what would you recommend for that, for the habits in the short term? That's a really good question. And so I would absolutely recommend some sort of plan. Right. And so we listed a bunch of things together as a community that you could potentially do beyond just the recovery toolbox tools. Right. So it could be go for a walk. It could be, you know, color meditate is one of the recovery toolbox tools. It could be cook, right? Go out to the store, you know, cook yourself a nice meal, listen to music, listen to an audiobook. There's mm-hmm. take a bath. There's all sorts of things that you can do. So what we didn't cover today and what a really key element in this short-term journey is that self-talk. So I would absolutely recommend having some sort of plan and I would pick a couple activities. Now you can vary these activities. It doesn't have to be the same every time you can kind of figure out, okay, what do I like? What I would do typically for this short-term journey is I would say, okay, stop. I would tell myself, stop. Now, this is where the self-talk comes in. I say, stop. No. Sometimes I would go into the mirror. I'd look myself in the mirror. I put my hands on the vanity. I say, no, stop. Hold on. Pause. What are we going to do instead? Now I had some things prepared, whether it was just breathing or getting out of that environment entirely. So literally, if you can leave the building, if you can leave the house, if you can leave the room, whatever it is, getting at, breaking out of that environment in some way, shape or form, and then having a, a list or a variety of activities that you could do, because you might not always want to do the same thing. Because maybe coloring is like great sometimes, but you kind of have to be in the mood for it. So maybe coloring and listening to an audiobook at the same time is like, sometimes you're in the mood for it, other times you're just not. Right. So you're going to want a variety of things that you can do. You're also going to want a variety of things that you could maybe do in multiple situations. You know, if you are at work, 
what's something that we could do? We're going to go outside and we're just going to sit for a little while. We're going to go outside with our book, our fiction, nonfiction, whatever it is. And we're going to sit under the tree and we're just going to read. We're going to put a timer on for 15 minutes. We're just going to sit here, breathe and read and take a little break. Right. So there's something you can do at work, but you, I want you to have things that short-term journey that you can vary. You're not always going to feel like cooking. You're not always going to feel like going for a walk. You can make yourself do those things and that's okay too. You're not always going to feel like listening to an audiobook. So have some options and then choose from those options. Ask, so, so pause, take yourself out of that environment. Pause, say, stop, hold on. What are we going to do instead? And ask yourself, do I want to listen to an audiobook, or would I rather listen to an audiobook and go for a walk? Would I rather go to the beach? Would I rather call a friend? Would I rather read my book? Would I rather sit and breathe? Right. And so there's all sorts of options mm -hmm. that you want to have prepared, but it doesn't have to be the same thing every time. And I would encourage you to vary it at some level have a little bit of variation to find out what you like and to show yourself that there are many other options that you can choose, many other options, whether it's exercise or going out and doing something creative. You know, I'm going to go to, we have this great store around here, the dollar store. I'm going to go to the dollar store and I'm going to get a poster and I'm going to make a vision board. Who cares? Who cares what you do? As long as it's not negative and it's not that thing, that's a huge, huge win. Does that answer your question? I know it doesn't yeah, give you a, a pin down. No, that's it. It doesn't have to be one thing every time. It's something you enjoy. And then there's the element of, you know, getting out of that environment mm -hmm. to clear your head. Um, so you're not stuck there. So like the self-talk, right? Stop, pause. Yeah. What are we going to do instead? Picking something you enjoy, right? Yeah. So not something that you should do. Right. But something that you enjoy. Yes. Um, Which could because, vary from moment to moment. Because you said, you said with like the... Uh, addictive substance, you get some sort of pleasure, right? right? You want to get some sort of pleasure out of this other thing. So yes. you want to have to enjoy it. You don't want to just pick something just because somebody said it and like, it's something good, right? Or like exactly. you, you think it's something good for you. Pick something that's actually enjoyable to you that you can actually see yourself doing and wanting to do. Um, that's positive for you getting out of the environment. I said, and then, um, Oh, having a list, right? So having several options of things that you enjoy. So if you don't feel like doing one thing, you can, you can pick another thing. And you can vary through things as well, right? <laughs> so you might for 10 minutes, you know, pick up your guitar and play mm -hmm. a couple of songs and then you might cook and then you might go for a walk and then you might take a bath. Mm -hmm. I've taken baths that are literally one minute in length, <laughs> right? I'll get into the bath. I'm like, mm, I'm not feeling it. Right. And then I'll go do something else. Mm -hmm. And that's okay too. So you don't even have to lock yourself into I'm doing this one thing and that's it. Yeah. Right. And if you don't enjoy coloring, don't do it. Don't mm. do it. That's not a good option for you. Make right. Sense? Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So if you pick something that you enjoy and then would you recommend like having a little list like on your phone? Yeah. So you think of it and plan it ahead of time. Right. So like pick out the notes on your phone and just write down a few options of things that you would actually enjoy that would get you out of the environment in, in different environments. So if you're at home and, and you feel the urge, you, you can do this, right? So yeah. you're prepared and wherever you're going to go you have something to do wherever you are in any environment that will help you get out of that state into a new state. So you're prepared without making it too complicated. Yes. Yes. Cause you don't want to have like a list of a, a million things, right? You want to have a really simple list, things that like you can remember to do in that moment. Right. And also you have the list to, to lean on if you, if you, if you need it, but things that are simple and enjoyable that can be done anywhere Yeah, is a good are good rules of thumb. They are good rules of thumb. And there's going to be some things like, it's great to have things that you can do anywhere. There are going to be some things that you can just do at home. There are going to be some things that you, you know, you can't do at work 
or you wouldn't do at work, right? Mm -hmm. So having that like, okay, I can do this anywhere, whether I'm driving or whether I'm at work or with friends or with family, yeah. I can take myself out, you know, take myself into the bathroom and just kind of mm -hmm. ground myself, pause. Uh, there's all sorts of things that you can do. And again, the self-talk is going to be elemental here. Mm -hmm. It is critical. It is critical to this journey because you mm -hmm. are talking yourself into this addictive behavior, which is the path well-traveled, the path well, well-traveled, or you're talking yourself into a different behavior. And I want you to think of it like that. You don't have to talk yourself out of the addictive behavior because your brain really wants to do that thing. We're talking ourselves into a different behavior. Does that make sense? We're saying, hey, hold on, pause, stop. Here's what we're doing instead. We're going to do something else that we also enjoy, or we're going to try to see if we enjoy it. And then if we don't enjoy it, we'll do something different, right? Mm -hmm. We'll go from there. We'll try something else that we enjoy. We're just going to take a break. We're going to pause. And then again, the self-talk is really going to come into play. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of different strategies that you can employ. We could do a whole se session just on self-talk when it comes to addictions, because yeah, yeah. you can also think about why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Right. You can look at your, I used to do that a lot. I used to, when I set my counter, right. I would look at that counter and be like, I'm eight days in. I don't want to redo the last eight days because they were really hard or I'm 40 days in, I am not going back to zero right now. I'm 10 days in, I'm mm -hmm. one day in. I don't wanna redo that day again. I don't because it was hard. And then think about why am I doing this? Because what are the repercussions if I don't yeah. do this, if I don't change now, I'm gonna be someone who is addicted You know, with, for me in my situation with my future family, I'm gonna be setting that example for, for my kids, right? Where they see me, they grow up and they see me addicted to these substances, addicted to these things. Right. And we're sometimes we're talking about behaviors. We're not necessarily even talking about hard drugs and, and alcohol here, which is what we're typically painting an addiction as. Mm. Right. And so even though it's like, I don't want my kids to see me watching TV, I don't. I don't want them to see me on my phone scrolling on social media. I don't. And so that came into play in that little moment, those little moments where you're you're talking yourself into a different choice. There are reasons that you're doing that and reminding yourself of those reasons. I would stand in the bathroom and say, OK, hold on. You've got this. Pause. Stop. Why are we doing this? Why is this worth this effort right now? And I also had a fundamental understanding and it was just a guess that it would get easier. It would not always be so much of a fight. Sometimes mm. in the beginning, and I describe it like this, and it's hard to describe it any other way because I think it resonates really well when you're in that moment. You are, it feels like you're fighting the urge to breathe. That's what it feels like you're fighting, the urge to breathe. Almost irresistible. Almost irresistible. So you really have to, be all in in that self-talk, really be all in, right? And just say, hey, hold on, pause, you've got this. Why are we doing this? What are we gonna do instead? Sometimes I would do that to myself out loud. I would inundate myself with self-talk mm -hmm. because if I'm inundating myself with positive self-talk, nothing else can get in. It's like a barrier, it's a protection. Mm -hmm. All right, Kay, we've got this. Here's what we're doing. We're gonna go to the kitchen. We're gonna make some food. We're gonna go out. We're gonna go for a drive. We're just gonna go step-by-step step here, piece by piece and just fill. Mm -hmm. Fill your head with something different. Yeah. And then the more times that you talk yourself into a good choice versus the addictive choice, you start to build references. You're going to have some really hard days and you're going to get through them and nobody can take those days away. And you're going to say, hey, if I got through that day, I can get through this day. And you're going to start to have things you can lean on and say, hey, hold on. I've been doing this. I've gotten through a tougher time before or I know I'm capable because I've gotten through a number of tough times leading up to this. And I know this seems hard right now. And it's the, it's the hardest time I've faced so far in this journey, but I know that I'm capable. And I know if I get through this, I'm going to have this under my belt and nobody can take that win away. Okay. So 
the self-talk again, mm. we, we didn't do it justice today in this conversation. I think we should do that next week. We can do that next week. Yeah. Cause I like, I like something that you say is like, you can talk yourself into anything. Right. And it, I think it's also helpful to be aware of like the thoughts that, that you have. Like I would say to myself sometimes, like, it's not worth it. Like, like who cares? Like, or I can't do this anyways. Right. And those were kind of like some of the protruding thoughts that would happen when, when I got triggered or when that pain came up and, um, realizing that you can talk yourself into anything. Right. So like realizing that yeah. you can change that and you can ask different questions, be like, you know, it's not actually worthless. Why is this actually not worthless? And like, you can change your thoughts by asking different questions, right? Saying, why is this not worth this worth worthless? Like, how can I do this? You know, yeah. why am I capable of doing this? You know, what are all the times I've been capable of doing things in the past and realizing that the, the thoughts that you have are not set in stone and they're not permanent and they, they're not, they're not permanent. You can change them and you can, you can manipulate them to, to serve you and do, and talk you into the things that you want to do. So I think we, we should definitely do a, a session on that okay, next week, next sure. Thursday. Cause I think it's, like you said, it's elemental. It really it's is. Like, Cause that's, yeah. you're either talking yourself into the, the bad thing or you're talking yourself into the good thing. Right. Right. And talking yourself into the bad thing is the habitual thing. So that is like the internal habit that you need to change for yourself. If you want to really change your external actions. Right. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Great job. Okay. <laughs> if you have any uh, questions, feel free to get them in the chat box there. Amazing job with the session here today. I know when we talk about addictions, I always throw a lot more at you than I it's really intend good. to. It's really but good it's stuff. an amazing conversation. There's so many uh, skills rather that come into play when we have these conversations. Again, like self-talk, mm. we barely scratched the surface on that today. Habits in general, awareness. There's so many things that come into play here and it's such a worthwhile journey both of these journeys. If you like today's podcast, you can get access to five live Recovery Secrets coaching sessions a week, just like this, with a Q&A session at the end of each one, a private coaching community, replay access, monthly fitness and nutrition workshops, and a ton of amazing bonuses for free by going to overcomingptsd.com slash free trial. That's overcomingptsd.com slash free trial. Hope to see you there.